acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wooden! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene! Run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin. I'm Ben Bolin, and we want to go ahead and open up the second part of our Nissan GTR podcast with the briefest of recaps, which is that this is a listener suggestion um, by several people, I believe, uh, but notably by a friend of ours on Twitter named DJ Blitzkrieg, who said, it's been two years since I asked you to do a Nissan GTR. Yeah, it was a long, long time. We, we're sorry about that, but uh, sometimes just gets uh, shuffled to the bottom of the list, I guess. And thank you for reminding us. So um, we talked about a lot of stuff previously. If you haven't checked out our first podcast on GTR, um, you don't have to stop this one and listen to it. First, but it would help to listen to them in order because we're picking up right where we left off. Yeah, you'd be missing a lot of good information because we uh, we got all the way through um, and we we're talking. Well, we talked about a bunch of stuff a already: bit of history, the, the different engine, models. Yeah, a lot of different stuff: the exterior, the interior, some of the uh, some of the special features that it has. And, yep. and now I think uh, you know we got just past the uh, performance, I guess, in this thing. Yeah. And you talked about some of the awards and we talked about performance. And I think the way we want to pick it up now, maybe, is um, let's talk about since you were talking about some awards, let's talk about some of the arenas that this thing competes in. You want to talk about that? Ah, yeah. So some of the motorsport aspects of this okay. whole thing. Now, um, without going into too much detail, I mean, the Nissan GTR competes or, or has competed in a lot of different series. I mean, there's the Super GT series. Yep. Uh, there's the FIA, FIA GT, GT1 World Championship. And then there's also the GT3 Championship. Um, SCCA World Challenge Series, you know, GT class. Um, uh, well, let's see what else. Uh, let's see. Australia's Targa Tasmania Tarmac yep, Rally. Read my mind. That's a big one. The One Lap of America competition. Uh-huh. And then, uh, there was a, there's an unusual one there at the very end that, um, I was kind of surprised to, to read about, Ben. Which there, one's that? Uh, this is the 24 hours of Nürburgring in 2011. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't know why it was surprised to me. I, I just, for some reason, that's off my radar. I just did, I didn't know that there was a 24 hours of Nurburgring. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, as far as I know, it was running at least in 2011. 
I'm not sure if it's something that's currently going or not. I'm going to have to look that up as we get back to our desks. Yeah, it's also been in the uh, Red Line Time Attack Modified All-Wheel Drive competition. Mm-hmm. We mentioned Targa Tasmania. It's also um, repeatedly won Targa West competition. All right. Let's see. I, it's just, I'm having a tough time because it's – it's been in so many. It's been in so many competitions. Well, it's everywhere. It's a great car to compete in. I mean, it, it seems to fit a lot of these different series. You know, of course, it's a it's it's a, a sport coupe, I guess, is what you would right. call it. Really, yeah. it's it's very very strong vehicles. We've talked about it in the first edition or first episode rather, and you know, so much goes into building this car and making it perform not only on the street but on the track mm-hmm. as well. It's a, it's a natural adaption from a street car to a track car in this thing. And uh, let's go ahead and talk about, just briefly, some cultural impact, a little bit of Hollywood here, some spoilers. Okay. Uh, the Nissan GTR is pretty much a shoe-in to be one of the main characters of Fast and Furious 6. No, no kidding. Yeah, I'm not saying that people are not great actors, but let's be honest, the main draw of Fast and Furious is uh, is, is the vehicles. And, you know, our, um, our buddy... Uh, Christian Sager, who works with us on Brain Stuff and Stuff of Genius, you know, also a car fan, mm-hmm. and uh, he is nuts about Fast and Furious the entire series. Is he really? I didn't know that. Oh man, I'll have to talk to him after this podcast about that. Yeah, ask him about yeah. <laughs> ask him about it. I definitely will. Yeah, well, uh, we'll have some notes to exchange, I'm sure. So, tell you what, we've talked about some of the motorsports stuff, the awards, all that other stuff. Let's uh-huh. let's get back into. Uh, the, the car itself. Remember, we're taking this from the uh, the Nissan website, you know, the Nissan right. USA website. And so it's kind of uh, their version of, of, you know, listing all the special features and technology that goes into this. And, and technology is coming up next, but I first want to talk about the special editions that we talked about. Remember the, the black edition, the track edition? Yes. One one note before we move on. I'm sure. so sorry to interrupt. That's all right. Uh, the In the 2011 Nürburgring that we mentioned, the 24 hours of Nürburgring, yes. uh, the car finished uh 36th place overall, uh, but it did get a victory in the SP8T class. Hmm, that's a big difference, a, a victory in one class yeah. and 30, oh, 36th overall. You know what? That's not terrible because it's probably running with a lot of different other vehicles like prototype vehicles or whatnot. Right, yeah. Um, so it's not it's not a... Um, it's not necessarily a super weak performance. First in its class, though? Well, they did have some technical glitches. So they, huh. there were some technical issues, which are which are fairly common in the 24 hours. In any 24-hour race, you're going to yeah. have uh, technical glitches, even in the best of cars, really. I mean, it just happens. So. It was the best of cars. It was the worst of cars. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway, sorry to interrupt. That's all right. Special editions. We're, we're just kind mm-hmm. of working through the list here, and we'll get the technology in a minute, which okay. I'm pretty excited about. Um, but we talked about the black edition, and, because remember, there's premium, then there's the black edition, and then there's the track edition. And the black edition... Um, has the the uh, dry carbon fiber spoiler that we mentioned, right? Yes. And of course, that gives it you know a, a lighter, um, I, I guess, stronger deck lid to the whole thing, and it's, it increases stability because it has a, a wing on the back that decreases flex, things like that. So it translates into more downforce, better uh-huh. handling for the vehicle. And what that is is just instead of having uh, you know the composite materials or, or whatever it is, you know, the, instead of having a wet carbon fiber um, spoiler, this is a dry carbon fiber spoiler, and it's lighter. It supposedly is better. I mean, it's uh, it, you know, when you think about every little bit of weight being saved on the right. vehicle like this. I mean, it, it makes a big difference. So, and this is just the spoiler that we're talking about, not the deck lid, because that yep. comes up in the uh, in the track edition. But just a spoiler. 
and it adds stiffness and, and decreases flex and all that. And it increases stability, you know, so there's more downforce, better handling, all that. So, you know, the Black Edition has that as a feature that's worth it. And then there's, a you know, an interior package, which really we don't need to say much more about that than it's like black and red. It's different than the premium interior. Right. Um, this is the Black Edition, maybe a little step up, I guess, in the interior. <laughs> and then there's the GTR Track Edition, uh, which, you know, has all the Black Edition features that I just mentioned, plus... Um, you know, tr- extra track tune performance, I guess is the best way to say it, is that it has yeah. a stiffer suspension with specialized, um, Bilstein damptronic gas pressurized shocks, which is, uh, you know, just the, the fancy way of saying that, you know, it's, it's a better suspension, has a higher spring <laughs> rate, um, just a little better handling vehicle, I guess, all around. Uh, probably a little rougher ride, you know, for somebody on the road, but, you know, on the track, that makes a big difference. Uh, front spoiler with carbon fiber air ducts, which is great, which increases cooling, uh, to the front brakes, which is important, of course. Right. And uh, it also has refined rear brake cooling because remember, I think we talked about some of the underbody aerodynamics and the uh, diffuser and all that. Uh, yeah. In part one, we talked about how the undercarriage is built, uh, to push air over and cool the brakes. Mm-hmm. So not only the front brakes through these, uh, these carbon fiber air ducts, but also the rear brakes, uh, through some of the underbody duct work and things like that. So the rear brake and front brakes are cooled, uh, you know, and that's all based on tech, uh, track testing. But it also has a dry carbon fiber spoiler and the, the trunk lid. So it has a, yeah. uh, a carbon fiber trunk lid, which the other one doesn't have. The, the black edition does not have. Um, adds stiffness, of course, as we mentioned. It weighs half as much as the standard deck lid does. Um, and, of course, it's painted, so you're not going to see the difference if you're on the on the street or on the track, rather. Uh, so it doesn't look any different. It has the body color just as the, um, the other ones would. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting into the technology, which uh, this is maybe the most interesting of all because... There's so much going on in this car, Ben, because, you know, as we said, it doesn't necessarily look like a European supercar. Right. But it has a lot of supercar features, and, it, of course, it performs like a supercar. Uh-huh. It is a supercar. Nissan says it's the supercar. And it and it uh, has so much ability to adapt mm-hmm. and anticipate what the driver is going to want. Exactly. And it has this kind of this customized performance that you can get in this thing. Now, mm-hmm. um, there's something called a VDC. Ah, yes. Vehicle dynamic control. Yeah, very good. Sounds like you have a little bit of knowledge about this system. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Okay. So this is, this is an interesting thing. I have more knowledge about, uh, maybe a, I don't want to say controversy, maybe a little bit of a wrinkle there. Okay. Um, but, uh, VDC, if you, do you want to just break down what it is real quick? Sure. Yeah. It's a, it's kind of like their version of stability control. Only the weird thing is that it kind of works opposite of most stability control systems. Right. It, which <laughs> That's is, a good way to it's, say it's, it. Yeah. It's, it's like a, it, it's, it's the reverse of most systems. And I'll, and I'll explain that in just a minute, but mm-hmm. there's three different modes, right? Yeah. There, yeah. There's normal mode. Mm-hmm. There's R mode mm-hmm. and there's special mode. And there should be somebody who would name those better, but there isn't. And I think it probably is because, you know, they're very, uh, very, I, really, it, it tells you exactly what it is. I they mean, were too busy building an amazing car, Scott. Yeah, I guess. I mean, okay, so normal mode, that's just daily driving. That's just right. getting around town, doing whatever you normally do, right? Yeah. And there's R mode, which is uh, like the maximum performance mode. Mm-hmm. And then there's the special mode, which is used for long distance driving and um, anytime you'd have like slippery conditions. So, you know, it's raining, right. it's maybe snowing. I don't know why you'd have your GTR in the Inclement snow. weather. Maybe yeah. it would. Uh, so yeah, there's these three different modes and it's all just a toggle switch that's located, you know, right in front of, uh, I guess the shifter. All right. So Scott, you said that this is a bit backwards in comparison to other stability control. Yeah. 
product. Right. So how is that? Well, I can I can tell you quickly, I guess, in, in just real, uh, you know, in a very just high level way. Um, most stability control systems cut power or apply brakes when they sense a loss of control in a, in a system, right? So you're mm-hmm. you're losing power when something out of the ordinary happens, I guess, when the vehicle detects that a wheel slipping, whatever. Well, that's fine when you're, you know, on the street and, and driving around town or something, but when you're on the track, it's something completely different. You don't want to, to lose power. You right. don't want it to break when you don't want it to break, right? Mm-hmm. So while you're cornering with, uh, with the VDC in R mode, which is, you know, a lot of people are driving around in R mode probably a lot of uh, times. Most of the time. I would think so instead yeah. of normal mode, right? right? Well, in R mode, the VDC actually sends more power to the appropriate re- wheels when it senses oversteer or understeer. So, you know, it's making an intelligent choice, mm-hmm. but it's sending more power to the wheels that you need it at instead of reducing power from the ones that it selects. And it, in, a, in a way, that's opposite. I mean... I know that the other ones adjust as well, but this is saying that, you know, we're going to send more power to where we think it should go rather than back it down. Rather than stop you, we're going to direct the energy in a way that keeps it stable, but also keeps it moving. Exactly. And this all plays into launch control, which is what you wanted to talk about. Yes. I'm chomping at the bit. Okay. So earlier, for everyone who listened to part one of this podcast, we mentioned how there was some variance in the numbers that uh, auto reviewers and even Nissan themselves uh, were giving out. Uh, and it goes back to a thing that had been called launch control, which was a little bit dubious at the time. Um, some reviewers, for instance, said we can get zero to 60 in the GTR, the production GTR, mind you, uh, as low as 3.2 seconds using this launch control. And people who own the GTRs themselves said, well, you know, I, I'm worried about trying out these numbers because if I try to get this performance, I might void the warranty on my vehicle Yeah, because it's not supposed to do this. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they're worried about, uh, you know, they're not going to be able to take it back to the dealer for service when something breaks. So uh, here's what launch control is. It's the act of turning off the VDC and launching the car out at 4,500 RPM. Okay. Now, this is not brand new to any car, really. No, no, no. I mean, this is an old hand Yeah, but there, there are a lot of cars that, that have um, you know, stability control of some kind that you're allowed to turn off. I remember back uh, you know, driving Vipers a long time ago that you could turn the uh, turn the stability control off, you know, for for whatever reason. You could spin the tires, whatever you wanted to do. Sure. Right? All, this, all this stuff is, you know, turn on or off. But here's the little secret that they don't want you to know, Ben. And this wasn't really... All that well publicized, even at the time, but it's well known now, I suppose. Yeah. That when you, even when you turn that stability control off or that, uh, you know, that launch system off or, or on or whatever, um, a lot of times that system's still running in the background. Yeah. There's it's still, still a little bit of control going on there. Still, um, it's not quite a placebo effect in many cars, but it's close. It's still running there. It's yeah. it's just uh, it, it lessens the uh, the effect of it. So sure, you can launch and spin the tire. I'm sorry, you can spin the tires if you want to. Right. You can turn it off. You can slide it around a turn, but it's still it's still kind of controlling the system. It's running. What they said is in the background at the time, but then later, you know, they come up with versions where. If you, you know, you can turn it off this way, but if you really want to turn it off, you do this. And there was a, right. there was like a little secret to it, right? And yeah. then you had to do something. You had to, you know, stand on your head and do something else to uh, turn it back on again. You know, it was, it was not quite so easy, but um, there were ways around. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. 
Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to on Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safty, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Research. It's always research. It's always research. Yeah. That's that's why we're watching all these YouTube yeah. <laughs> clips of um, GTRs. Uh, by the way, we already mentioned this once in our GTR number one podcast, but I want to say it again. There is some great footage of the GTR at the Nürburgring. Yeah, that's right. Was it Nürburgring Lap Times or something like that? NürburgringLapTimes.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's listed as number four of, all, of the all-time speed records on the Nürburgring out of the top 100. Yeah. Number, number four on the list currently as of today. And you can watch the full lap. You can watch the record-breaking lap. So it's uh, it's really some good stuff there. Um, now, at this point, Scott, I don't know where you want to go. You want to talk about aftermarket? Yeah, we could do a little bit or of that. You got some more tech? Uh, I got a little bit more tech, and then, and then, okay. uh, in the, in the realm of safety. And then okay. I'd like to talk about aftermarket because there's uh, some amazing aftermarket stuff that's going on with this. Oh, yeah. Specifically one vehicle, and then I've got kind of a, um, 
I don't know, I guess a user-based issue with uh, the GTR, which uh, I think a lot of people find interesting because, you know, there's generally rave reviews about this thing everywhere. No mm-hmm. one really speaks ill of the GTR, but I found a forum where uh, there's some problems, and, and we'll get to it. It's, All right, no it's spoilers. A, it's a very small part of the whole thing. But uh, as far as safety goes, uh, they kind of break it down into three different parts on the uh, – on the website and they call it the safety shield, I suppose. And the three, three different um, areas they break it down into are, are like monitoring, responding, and then protecting. And under the monitoring, they have things like the rear view monitor, uh, which is a rear view camera, which you can, you know, obviously check around you 180 degree view when you're parking, things like that. Right. There's automatic on and off headlights, uh, which, you know, is not really all that unusual for other vehicles, tire pressure monitoring system, which is again, Standard on a lot of different vehicles now, right? And there's uh, there's monitoring in the uh, software side of the vehicle too. Exactly, yeah. So the, the, that's part of the respond um, ah, section of this uh, okay. safety shield. Is you know you mentioned the electronic traction control system or TCS, yep. and the advanced vehicle dynamic control, which we talked about, which is like the uh, stability control. Really, it's VDC. Um, there's also, of course, ABS, and there's electronic brake force distribution, which you know helps prevent wheel lockup and things like that. And you know, as far as the way. Uh, the, the brake force compensates, you know, front to rear, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and then there's the protect angle on this thing. Um, Nissan has a, an advanced airbag system, or AABS is what they call it. And it's, you know, just a dual-stage sp- supplemental a front airbag system with uh, with seatbelt sensors and occupant classification yeah. sensors and things like that. It's, again, relatively standard. Mm-hmm. But what's uh, what's different is that, you know, this one also has supplemental airbags, and it has a latch system. Now, the supplemental um, airbag system that I'm talking about, these are like side curtain airbags and then some that are mounted in the seats as well. And then it has a latch system, which I just mentioned, which is like for, for the kid's seats, I guess. If you want to buckle a kid's seat in the back, uh-huh. you, can, you can do that. And the last thing maybe that I want to mention about that is that I read somewhere that the airbags actually have their safety bolts you can put onto the airbags so that uh, someone can't come in and steal them, which I had never seen from any other manufacturer anywhere. And I'm sure that... It's probably offered somewhere else, but it's right. kind of like, you know how you have uh, um, locking lug nuts or the uh, the wheel locks that you can put on your wheels? Yeah. It has kind of like that, that key that you have to use in uh-huh. order to get them off? Yeah. Same type of thing, only for the airbag bolts, so that someone Whoa. can't get into your car and steal your airbags. I have this picture of airbag thieves just roaming the streets. Yeah. And there are those. That's the that's the crazy <laughs> thing, is that there really are airbag thieves out there. Wow. What, what, do, they, what, what do they use airbags for? <laughs> well, they sell them for big money. Oh, I guess that makes sense because you have to replace an airbag every time you get in an accident. It's very dangerous to do it, but yeah, they uh, they make a lot of money on you know stuff like that. There has got to be a YouTube video of airbag thefts gone wrong oh, where maybe. somebody pops it. Yeah. Um. All right. So where are we at? What do you want to do? How about this? I'd, yeah. I'd like to talk about this uh, aftermarket tuning Ooh, option. Okay. And just just one example that I really want to point out here to show what people are doing with this car because. Uh, you know, as we talked about the, the Nismo version that, you know, they take out to the track and run at the Nürburgring. Right. Um, it, it chops, what was it? It seems like it chopped like 30 seconds off the previous time or something like that. It yeah, was, uh, it went from like 730-something to 708. Yeah, amazing. 736 or something. Huge difference in, yeah. that, in the uh, in the times. And uh, there's there's even crazier versions out there, as you can imagine, because aftermarket tuners get a hold of this, and they're not so worried about having their their manufacturer's warranty voided, right? Oh, they don't care. No, not at all. <laughs> so there's a company called AMS Performance, and they're based in West Chicago, Illinois, and they've set record power levels and performance numbers for the R35 GTR, which is the one we're talking about. Now, they have something called the Alpha Omega GTR, 
which puts down something like 1,700 to 1,750 wheel horsepower. Now, wheel horsepower, if you don't know what wheel horsepower is, that's how much horsepower is actually at the wheels. It's not actually like, uh, contacting the ground. Yeah, that's not you know some number that then later gets diminished. You know when it goes through, through torque. Or, yeah, yeah, well through the through the transmission yeah, through yeah. the axles and all that. It's it's actually horsepower to the wheels, seventeen hundred and fifty horsepower. Wow, that's wild. What are they What are they using to get that? They, uh, well, you know, I don't know if I, I don't think I have any stats on the okay. engine. I'm sorry, but, no worries. Uh, but I mean, incredible power out of this thing. Seventeen zero zero to sixty times. Get this, 1.7 seconds. What? Zero to 60, 1.7 seconds. No. And it's a big car. It's not a, it's not a lightweight either. I mean, I think the, uh, the standard one weighs something like 3,800 pounds. So it's not extremely light. It's, it's relatively light for what it is really, but, um, and some other numbers if you're interested. Um, yeah. Standing half mile. So, you know, dead stop to a half mile, 214 miles per hour. That's how fast this thing can get going. Um, in just a half a mile. Holy smokes. Which is ridiculously fast. Six, okay, we talked about zero to 60 in 1.7 seconds, right? Now from 60 to 130 miles per hour, which is another significant step up here, three seconds is all it takes to go from 60 to 130, 130 miles per hour. So it's zero to 130 then is like what? Four. Um, 4.7 seconds. So still under five seconds, yeah. zero to 100. Well, yeah, so um, zero to 100 is 4.4 seconds. And wow. then zero to 200 miles per hour, Ben. So this thing will, <laughs> this thing goes, obviously it goes faster because, you know, the, two, yeah. the half mile standing time. Yeah. Zero to 200 miles per hour, 11.87 seconds. So, I mean, geez, there are a lot of cars out there that won't do zero to 60 in 11.87 seconds, you know. <laughs> that's right. I mean, or close to it, you know. And this, yeah. car, this car is going zero to 200 miles per hour in that time. And, uh, they're not the only, they're not the only aftermarket tuner, uh, by, oh by no, far. but that's, that's a standout. I mean, that's, oh, yeah. a, that's an extreme version. I think that's the fastest, uh, GTR aftermarket tuning. That's the one, that's the fastest I've ever heard of. Yeah. Uh, we know that there are some, other companies, of course, there are numerous other companies that are working with this vehicle as a starting point. Uh, notably, a company called Ecutech was the first company to change the shift points on the uh, GTR uh, w- inside the transmission control module, or TCM. Um, this allows the driver to – this kind of hacks that launch control sure. capability. Mm-hmm. So it allows the driver to adjust it on the fly. Um, and then there's another company called Cobb Tuning, C-O-B-B. Um, they were the first company to kind of hack into the encrypted ECU um, of the of the GTR. Yeah, and the, this, the main computer. Right, and this allows anybody – to with the know-how to reprogram the engine and uh, transmission control units with off-the-shelf or custom maps. Well, well, well. It's interesting that you mentioned the ECU, Ben, because that plays into the very last thing that I want to wrap up this whole podcast with, unless you have something else you'd like to add. Uh, only I would like to ask our super producer, Noel, for some dramatic intro music. All right, so here's here's what I did. I went online, you know, looking at all these different reviews of this car and reading a lot about it, you know, trying to find out everything I could. It seemed like everybody had really, really good things to say about this car across, uh, yeah. across the board. Everybody sure. was really happy. I mean, it's a it's a relatively low dollar car, and I know mm. that now it's 
it's it's above it's crested the one hundred thousand dollar mark. Right. But prior to that, you know, the the first release of this thing back in two thousand seven, I want to say Ben that this thing was released somewhere in the the high eighties. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. About high eighties, mid to high, six eighty eight thousand something like that. Yeah. Maybe even a little bit lower in some places. I don't know, but. I thought, how am I ever going to find anything bad about this? Yeah, car? Top Gear likes it, Car and Driver likes it, everybody Edmunds. loves it. And I thought, there's got to be something, you know, that somebody's saying bad about it. And it's not that I was really, you know, like, you know, hell bent on finding something bad about it. But I thought, well, there's got to be some negative side of it. Yeah, you want that, the whole picture? I, yeah, because this car's been around now for about eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this version, this iteration, yeah, this iteration of it. You're right. So I was thinking, like, how am I going to find this? So I searched, <laughs> I searched GTR sucks. You ever do that? You ever search a product and you write the word yeah. sucks at the end and see what happens? Because, I do. Because here's what you get. Then you get somebody who's angry on a forum somewhere writing about something. That yeah, it's found. always a forum. It's always a forum. And that's exactly what I found. But I, I looked at this and when I read it, I couldn't believe it, Ben. This is something, this is beyond just like I'm um, having a little uh, warranty issue because, you know, they wouldn't uh, take the brakes back after, you know, they, they burned out after 4,000 miles or whatever. Okay. Okay. So this is some this is something completely different. It comes from a forum that has been around since like 2009, and it's called uh, well the whole forum's older than that, but this this comment comes from then. It's something f- uh, from a site called ForzaCentral.com. That's F-O-R-Z-A Central.com. Yeah. And there's a commenter there. His name, he goes by the name Crispy Rice. And uh, here's what he says about his uh, his GTR, and he's trying to warn other GTR owners about this so they don't have the same issue really. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of MoviePhone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safty, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. 
Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. All right, so here's the problem, and it's a big one. It says, I had a, and I'll read a little bit. It says, I had a low-speed crash into the back of a white van recently. Uh, it was a badly serviced road, and we were stopped, pulled away, and the person in front of the van stopped for no reason, causing the van to stop and tap the tow bar of the car in front of me, and then in sympathy, I did the same thing to the van. So, you know, that's a, a polite way of saying, like, we had a very slow-speed three-car accident. Yeah. Someone, wait, you know, two cars up stopped. We, we all just kind of touched bumpers, right? Right. Well, in touching that bumper, um, he's saying that, you know, there, there was something that happened. And he says, I'm posting here to make sure that no one makes the same mistake I did. I think it's important to other GTR owners to see that um, to see this so they're not stung by what they call a, what he calls a careless accident and, and a GTR tax. He says it's GTR tax. Oh, okay. Gets a little interesting after this. Yeah, what's going on? All right, he says he bumped into the white van tow bar, and it caused this small crack in his bumper. And I can show Ben the picture of it here, but it's just, it's literally... It's a tiny crack. It's like a hairline fracture. I don't even even know if you'd call it a crack. It's like it just just tapped it. It's like it, it depressed it a tiny bit. Yeah. Something you wouldn't even really need to go into the shop to fix. I mean, it's that small. It's very, very minor. Yeah. Um. It says, unfortunately, it also set off something called the pedestrian safety system where the bonnet pops up. And I had no idea that it had this, this pedestrian safety system. Uh. The bonnet pops up, which is a one-use system, and you need to replace the bumper, the rams behind the bumper, the the bonnet hinges, which, you know, the, the front hood hinges, yeah. and, of course, the ECU. Which he Whoa. says, of course, the ECU, which, you know, who would ever have guessed? But I'm going to show Ben here. That's the pedestrian safety Holy system. Holy so, smokes. So if you hit a pedestrian with the front of your GTR, what happens is, you know, the, the front bumper senses something's been struck. It depresses those uh, the sensors in, behind the bumper. It pops up the hood, um, I guess, at the edge it, of the windshield. Yeah, it pops up. This is very interesting. It pops up the hood right behind the windshield wipers. Yes, Yes, and kind of at an angle, so that if the pedestrian were to continue to roll over the car, which sounds horrific, I know, yeah. but um, the pedestrian would continue to roll over. They would go over the top of the vehicle and behind the vehicle instead of being trapped on the windshield, I guess. Right, yeah. That's probably the best way I can describe it. So it's almost like the hood makes a ramp to get mm-hmm. the, the pedestrian off of the car, really. Um, that's a, that's a, a crude way of saying it. Interesting, but little known. But it says, now, okay, pedestrian safety system, but when he says, of course, the ECU, I mean, my gosh. So, you know, and these hinges are one-time use. So he says, when the accident happened, I called the dealer and asked them to collect the car because, you know, you can't drive it at this point. Uh, the, hint, the, the hood has popped up to where you can't really see. Yeah. It says that I just pay for it out of my own pocket without putting it through any of this, you know, insurance claims or any of that, right? Sure, and just yeah. make it easy. And it says, then I found out the total cost of the repairs. 
Oh, boy. Care to wager a guess on what this costs? <clears throat> Take my now, guess. it's in pounds. Okay. So I can tell you the pounds and the U.S. dollar equivalent in 2009. Okay, I took off my glasses for I this know, one. very serious. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go with, can I do dollar? Sure. Okay, I'll go with um, $2,000. 2000 U.S. dollars is your guess, right? That is my guess. All right. With all that, we have to replace. If everything. Okay. The pounds amount is 11,000 pounds. Oh, which, what? And this is in 2009, and this equates to That's like, oh, 18,000 18, U.S. dollars. Oh, my this gosh. Cost. I was so off. And, I, I wasn't even thinking. And it took five weeks to do the repair. Now, the whole thing, that, I guess the biggest deal with this is that, you know, those hinges aren't replaceable. You gotta, I mean, sorry, not reusable. You have to replace them. The bumper, um, uh, the, the push-in, the rams, I guess, are also something you have to completely replace. So they become consumables. They did the cosmetic repair on the bumper. That's understood. Oh, the, at least they fixed that dent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was really no dent, really. I mean, yeah, they said it that way. But the ECU, the ECU had to be replaced. It couldn't be, it couldn't be simply flash like what you would think. So I, I don't understand that. And that's part of what this whole, this whole thing was like. Why am I paying eighteen thousand dollars because I bumped into a car at an extremely slow speed and really there was no harm, no no injury. It was so so slow. You know, everybody's had something like this happen before. Eighteen thousand. Usually you just look at the bumper and say, Well, no harm, no foul, let's move on. Because right. why why even fill out a police report? It's that minor what I'm looking at in these photos. But yeah. eighteen thousand US dollars or eleven thousand pounds in two thousand nine. Now the pedestrian safety system I guess when this when this pops now eighteen thousand dollars at that time equates to about twenty five percent of the cost of the entire vehicle if you think about it that way. I mean, I knew I was lowballing with two thousand dollars, but I had no idea. If you're figuring that the car was eighty thousand dollars in two thousand eight, seven, nine, sure. whenever, yeah, yeah, this is like twenty five percent, twenty five to thirty percent of the cost of the entire vehicle. So, what what the whole point of this post was is like. Okay, so Nissan's offering a product that that's really great. It's really, you know, a fantastic vehicle and it's really low cost, but then when something goes wrong and you bring it back to the dealer to have it repaired because you know you want to have it repaired under warranty. Right. They really really gouge you for the price on this stuff. Now, I'm I'm just going by this older this is an older post. Right. I don't know how they've you know, fix this or if they have fixed it in any way. Did other people run into the problem? Oh, there were other people that wrote in as well and there were other issues as well on that on that uh, forum. So on the Forza. So they're saying, okay, here's, and a lot of people are saying, <laughs> and I hate after this a long podcast is sure, what a sure. great card is. A lot of people are saying, I wouldn't buy that car, even even though it's so tempting for right. the price that it is, even though it's eighty thousand dollars at the time or eighty eight thousand, um, and now it's up to one hundred and one. I wouldn't buy it, even though it's so tempting. It's something that I want so badly, but I know that if anything goes wrong with it, I'm going to be paying. You know, again tens of thousands of dollars for repairs that should be something that can be a simple, simple fix you know, so, for, for a couple of thousand dollars. Yeah, so the cost of ownership then is secretly much larger. And the other main point about this thing was some people were on there saying, well, you know, eight, what's $18,000? You must have a lot of money anyways to buy a Nissan GTR. And you know, there's a lot of big stuff talking, right? Huh. The, the thing is, if you look at it proportionally, now I understand that yeah you're doing pretty well if you're going to be buying a car like GTR probably right you're going to have a lot of money in the bank that's fine yeah. I understand that but when you're talking about twenty five to thirty percent of the total cost of any car for a simple repair like that doesn't matter what it is I mean look at it you know if you're repairing your Ford Focus sure you know for for uh, I don't know eight or nine thousand dollars for something like this a, a minor minor traffic bump or if you've got a, a Lamborghini you know that you're paying uh, you know. 
$70,000 for something like this. Right. It's all proportional. So, you know, 25% for one simple repair is out of proportion. It's completely outrageous. And I, I have to say, I agree. And this is the, the most negative thing that I found about the GTR was that, you know, these, uh, these people on the forums were talking back about, um, just these outlandish repair costs. And, and I, and I see what they're saying with this $18,000 reset. Yeah. I totally get that. I do want to say though, that part of it is, um, is priority. It seems like the main error is that the, Vehicle cannot differentiate between um, swapping paint and hitting a pedestrian. But on the other hand, if someone is driving and for some reason does collide with a pedestrian, uh, would this keep the person alive? Well, but see, let's say that uh, the same vehicle struck a uh, a bike that the pedestrian was, or not pedestrian, but a biker was was on. Okay, like a motorcycle? Yeah, no, a motorcycle or a, a bicycle. bicycle. Okay. A bicycle. I could see the same type of thing because it hit, what it hit was like the, the tow hook, right? Or something like that. Yeah. Something very minor, but it was a solid metal object and it just punched it. Now, if it, if it hit a, uh, like the fork of a bicycle or something mm-hmm. like that, it would do the exact same thing. And of course, there's a rider on that. And then they would be happy that, yeah, of course, you know, the pedestrian safety system worked and that, you know, it, it elevated the hood at the back end and, you know, it allowed the, the rider to roll over as it should instead of going under the vehicle, which is the, you know, the other situation. The bad, right. You don't want that to happen. Well, what if, uh, what if, okay, let's think of some other situations because what if you are parking and you're in a tight parking deck? Yeah. And you pull up a little too far. And my question is, how much pressure does it take? To well, activate the system. Well, he said a low speed crash where, you know, three people came together. Now, so they're probably like 15, 12 I, miles an hour. Oh, maybe? I would think much Lower. less than that. I would guess this is a five mile per hour thing. Five and, to six miles. Yeah, because, uh, you know, somebody, we're talking about somebody who, who started to pull out, stopped, and then somebody who, you know, like the second car pulled out and didn't see that they had stopped, so they hit them and, and then just tapped and them. He also went and tapped them. So, like, that's how the three car accident happened. There's probably only a few feet to get any kind of, uh, if you want to call it that speed right. between that's when, a really when good they point. start and stop. So it's going to be a very, very low speed impact. Here's what I'm asking, um, because one thing that will bother me as an owner of a GTR knowing this is knowing that if somebody wanted to really screw up my day, they could walk by with just with like just a, a hammer. Really? Bed. What have you done? You just uh, you just given them the secret. Oh, no, no, that's okay. Don't do it. No, don't do it. No, that's okay. I'm just saying, no, it's not really a secret, I guess, but, but man, you're right. In, in any vehicle that has something like this, really. Yeah. Um, there could be, uh, you know, you walk by and you strike the, the front bumper with a hammer. You're right. And, and it would activate and that would ruin somebody's, uh, somebody's day. I mean, it could, uh, a lot of people, it could ruin a lot more than their day. But you know what? I mean, honestly, who hopefully, would do that? hopefully nobody's doing stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, no you could way. ruin anybody's day with a hammer on their car any day, if you know what oh, I mean. Oh, that's true. I mean, it doesn't need high technology. No, no. I mean, uh, there's, there goes the windshield. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so understandably so, these people are upset about something like this and having to reset, completely reset a system mm-hmm. that should be a pretty simple thing. And other manufacturers can flash their ECUs for stuff like this. I don't know why this particular vehicle requires a brand new ECU. Yeah, that's an interesting question. That's something I want to dig deeper on to see if we can get a, a good concrete answer for yeah. that because they should be able to flash. That's and, what my gut's telling and me. And I, I completely get the one-use hinges and things like that. that because, well, that makes sense. Yeah, I understand that. That's that's what happens. Even seatbelt pretensioners and things like you know, once right. they Once they fire, you have to replace them, and I get that. And every vehicle has them now. Just like airbags. Yeah, exactly. So, so that makes sense, but let's see if we can find out what's going on with that ECU. And I am going to say, 
although that is a tremendously negative thing. It's a very big con. Yeah. I still think the pros outweigh the cons on a GTR, I man. I do, too. I mean, we talked for uh, well over an hour and probably an hour and a half now about this vehicle, and there was so much positive about it. And I would yeah. think that, you know, here we are in 2015, maybe they've already resolved that whole thing with the pedestrian safety uh, system and, and you know, what it uh, what it does and what it requires once it's activated. So ah, may- maybe yeah. they fixed it and they can flash the ECU now. I don't know, but yeah. that's an older post. I found it interesting. I thought I would include it. I am excited for the 2015 I am too. This, this thing is nuts. There, there, um, there have been photos floating around for a while that were quote unquote leaked photos. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just can't wait to see what they do. And, uh, the Nismo version. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the one I want to see. That's pretty much the, the only one for me too. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our two part. Uh, episode on the Nissan GTR. Like Heinz Ketchup, it was slow in coming, but worth it when it arrived, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. and it was just a, boy, again, as we always say, there's so much more to this car that we just oh, aren't yeah. getting to it. So this is a high-level coverage of this vehicle, for sure, because uh, I would love to go into the history of the Skyline GTR and all that. But that might be a different podcast. Well, too. maybe we can. Maybe, maybe we can. We can. Um, so before our buddies at Tech Stuff... Uh, raise the villagers to form a mob and get us out of a studio. We are going to leave of our own accord off to another podcast adventure. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you have a Nissan GTR experience. Uh, show us photos, of course, if you got them. We love that. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. You can drop us, uh, you can drop by our website, carstuffshow.com, and you can always suggest a topic that we should cover in our next show. Uh, you know, Scott and I are regular guys. You can write to us directly. Our email address is carstuffatdiscovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.